Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. It's good to be here today. I hope you are as excited about today as I am. We're going to be starting a brand new series called Making Great Families. Making Great Families. We're in a year of intentionality. And, um, and we just come out of a real serious, a real heavy uh, series about eternity. How many of you appreciated that series? I hope you did. I hope you did. Uh, I took you to hell, but then I brought you right back to heaven. And we ended, we ended on heaven, and that was, that was really awesome. So I wanted to keep the seriousness of the topic at a high, but also at the same time, um, relax a little bit on the heaviness, the heaviness. Eternity is a hard topic to talk about. Why is it a hard topic? Because all of us have lost loved ones. And if we're really going to take a real strong picture at what eternity looks like, then we have to allow the Bible to give us that, that biblical view. And, um, and, and not to rehash this, but once again, um, not everybody goes to heaven, right? The only way that you go to, there's one way to, to the Father, and that's who? Through who? Through the Son, right? Through Jesus Christ. And so you're just not a good person. You can't give enough money. You can't serve enough. You can't volunteer enough. You know, you can't go to church enough. There's a lot of people that go to church a lot. I don't know why they would ever want to do this, but they go to church a lot. But really, whenever it comes down to it, they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And the important thing is that I'm even asking myself on, on a regular basis is, how is your relationship with Jesus Christ? All right. Well, we already finished that series last week. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and check out. It's a, it's a series of three messages. And um, I really encourage you to you know, to, to, to visit that. But today we're talking about great families. Just real quick, little, little quick interaction. Um, what makes, just one word, two words, short sentence, no speech, please. Um, what makes a great family? What, what are some of the attributes, the characteristics of a great family? Ready, go. Trust. What else? Respect. Love. That's a big one right there, Raleigh. That's a big one. What else? Anything else? Grace, right? Mercy, all those cool things. All right, same deal. What makes a bad family? What? Pride, I like that. What else? Backsliding, sure. What else? Selfishness, somebody? Backsliding, yep. Backbiting, backsliding, backstabbing. <laughs> All right. All right. So anyway, that's good for us to get this, this, this kind of a picture in this. I was looking up family, and family is defined as this, a group consisting of parents and children that live in the same household. And the second definition is this, a group of people related by blood or by marriage, right? Like you have family that is, that is blood, but I think it's interesting, like right off the bat to realize that family also consists of, it consists of marriage. And this is why the definition of marriage ought to be important to you. Like so many Christians, they, they're not even worried about what's going on in our, in our world today. And I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up and, 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 and those types of things. But the covenant of marriage it, is, it gets its root and its definition by God, and it cannot be rewritten by man. You, you know what I'm saying? And so, so the Bible talks an awful lot about, about marriage, but I love this. A group of people related by blood or by marriage. How many of you got some, some folks that you are closer to? In fact, you would say maybe they're family that are not of your, uh, of your same blood. They don't got the same blood running through their veins. Hopefully all of us here, right, because we share the blood of Jesus Christ in common, right? Right? Amen? <clears throat> the Bible also says whenever it comes to marriage, that what God has put together, let no man what? 
separate, right? And so there's a, there's a union. The two become right in marriage, right? And it's God's definition of marriage. And so, and so um, my family, I just want to share with you. I want to be a little bit vulnerable here today. Um, my family, while I love my family... <clears throat> While I would never choose another family, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't choose another family. I wouldn't go back and say, you know what, redo, redo. I will tell you this, that my family is perfect in many ways, but is imperfect also in many ways. And just so we're all on the same playing field, even if you don't know this about your family... Your family's perfect in many ways, but also very imperfect in many ways. Like, 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 you, like there is no such thing. The older I get, you know, the older I get, the more I realize there is no such thing as a perfect family. Why? Because families are built with broken people. Broken, messed up people. But. Family is, 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 is God's idea. So I want to I share just with you a little bit about, about my family. My grandfather, my grandfather, the only thing that I knew about my grandpa is that he was a godly man. Like I only knew him as a Christian man, uh, a man that had his act together. He was, a, he was a pastor. He was a church planner. There's many churches that are... That, that, that are, uh, exist today because my grandfather said, you know what, God can use me, and he would go out and he would start in his home. He would open up his home, invite strangers into his home. It would grow. They would end up you know, getting, a, getting an, enough people together to where they could lease a little building, and it would grow, and they would add to it, and they would grow. And, and there's many, many churches that are... That are that are going today because of, of, of his, his salvation, because of him coming into a right relationship, you know what I mean, with Jesus Christ. His life was changed and transformed. But I hear stories about my grandpa, and it's freaky scary because his life, or I should say it like this, my life is a, almost a perfect mirror of, of his life with some, with some minor differences. I hear all these crazy stories um, about how he was before Christ, and I'm like, that's not my grandpa. There is no possible way. In fact, I thought everybody was lying to me until when he had dementia in his later years, he said some words that I didn't even know was in his vocabulary. I was like, what? Grandpa. You know what I mean? So that showed me that he knew the, the vocabulary. It's just when he was walking in self-control, when he was walking in the Lord, when he could take every thought captive, those things never came out of his mind. But I was just like, dang, Grandpa, that wasn't just a little one. That was a big one. But I heard things, stories about Grandpa that just I was just like, I was like, Wow, that just can't be this man. It cannot be, you know, this man. My grandpa was in the war, and uh, and he saw some things, and 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 he he'd gone through some major, major, major hardships, and and um and and, and in fact, one of the hardships he was burned over uh, much of his body, more than half of his body, like serious burns, and it was a miracle from God. That he was, and he will tell you, it was a miracle from God. I don't know how I got out of that situation. He had to jump fences and everything else, messed up, but still was able, you know what I mean, to get to get to a, a, a safe place where it didn't kill, it didn't end his life. And and so God had his hand on his life, much like God had my his hand on my life, even whenever I was making crazy dumb decisions. And so, but my grandpa had a lot of pain. He went through a lot of stuff. He saw some things that um, you know that that, that that most people didn't they weren't privy to, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't walk through. And so my grandfather, at a young age, developed a serious drinking problem. He was an alcoholic. 
And I'm told that, that, that he would go. My grandpa loved playing the guitar. Loved playing the guitar. He was so good at playing the guitar. This was, this was before his heart fully belonged to the Lord. He was so good, he used to, he used to go honky-tonking. He would go and he would play at the local bar, and he would start playing country music, and they would hire him to come in, and, and he would play country music but God was doing something on his heart in transition in the middle of this. The problem is, is he would start drinking, you know, they, he would start drinking when he's playing. And then he would get so sloshed that he would start, he would start playing gospel music. And then the next thing you know, it shifted from gospel. So it went to country, to gospel music, and then it went to hymns. Like he went right straight to the, to the deep hymns, making everybody in the bar uncomfortable and upset. And if that wasn't enough, here my, my grandfather, this Christian man that I've only known as a Christian man, he would get up and he would start preaching the Word of God absolutely inebriated to the whole bar. And my mom would tell me that, that my grandmother would get a call, and this would happen more times than not. It wasn't just like a one and done. This would happen often. It was kind of the M.O. The bartender would get a hold of Grandma and say, listen, your husband's at it again. Please come down. And so my mother was the oldest of all the siblings. Grandma would take my mother to go down and bring grandpa home. And it wasn't always the best sight. A lot of ugliness and a lot of, a lot of hardship. Grandpa wrestled with the flesh. But God was doing something in his spirit. And everything wasn't like initially like this beautiful, beautiful picture of an immediate transformation. Come on, there were some things that had to be worked through. And so my mom, what I'm saying is, is my mom saw some stuff. She saw some stuff. She experienced some stuff in her family that I, it maybe even affects her a little bit today. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't gone that deep into the conversation. But what I will tell you is that at the age of 16, she left home, got married. And she'll tell you that one of the reasons why is because she just wanted to be on her own. She wanted to get out of the, out of the house and, and away from the family. As good as the family was and and. and but she was just ready. She was ready for a start. And so she had my older brother, my, my, my real dad, which I love so much and, and, um, and, and just so, so blessed. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm blessed to have two dads. You're going to hear a little bit about that. And sometimes people, because when I talk about my dad, I don't say my stepdad and I don't say my real dad. I literally have two dads because both of them brought me in and raised me come on as as I was their 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 own I certainly was my real dad's own but but sometimes people they're confused they're like you know I shared when my stepdad passed away I shared and they were like your dad passed away no no it's my dad but it was my stepdad and so anyway I got two dads I'm fortunate you only got one I got two I'm blessed more blessed than you hey that's that's a, I just rhymed again I'm on it Okay, so where was I? So a lot of hardships. Mom's wanting to get out of the house. My older brother is four years older than I am. Um, you know, he, he got a chance to spend a lot of time with my dad. Well, my parents divorced when I was a year old. Didn't really think that that had any effect whatsoever on me because I didn't know no better. Later on in life, started thinking about things, and, and it did. It affected me. Even though I didn't know any better, it, 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 it affected me. It's like, why, why did they divorce when I was one? I wasn't even one yet. Was it me? Was it? I'm telling you, you, you might think that, and kids are resilient, but I'm telling you, the decisions that you make, it matters, right? And, and it affected me way into my, you know, way into my adult, my adult life. And so, so anyway, my mom, she remarries my, my second dad, Right when I was eight years old, eight years old, I would go and spend my summers with my real dad, and I would go and live with my mom the rest of the time. 
and, and, and my other dad, Mike, he's the one that passed away just a couple of years ago that I speak about, uh, about, his, about his funeral. And so dad, number two, was a good dad. But it's amazing how dad had a lot of the same issues that mom had, or that, that mom's dad had, my grandfather had. Dad was a hard worker. Dad, number two, was a hard worker. Worked for the Union Pacific Railroad. Spent lots of hours. Provided well, well for us kids. We were never rich, but we never went without. And I want to say this again. I can't go far enough on this that he brought me in like I was his own. He had a, a, a son. I got a, I got a brother. We were the same age. He treated me the very same as he treated his, his own son. Uh, he, come on, that, that takes a unique individual, very unique individual, and I think that deserves to be celebrated, right? But he had his own issues. He also was a military guy and, and, uh, and, and, and went through some hardships, and, uh, and he had a drinking problem. It's interesting. Grandpa had a drinking problem. Sometimes... Your children are going to look for in a spouse what is exampled to them. I'm not saying that's a, the, the reason or whatnot, but I just think it's interesting. I come from a line of good men with severe problems. And I myself, while I wouldn't say I'm a good man, I would say this, that I have a lot of problems and I've come through a lot of issues a lot of the same issues that have been passed on generationally through my family. So we're talking about family, and what I'm saying is, is that it matters, come on, what you do, how you do it, when you do it, who you do it to, right? How you live your life, it matters. And so, so you know, he had some strongholds. My stepdad had some strongholds. When he would drink, it wasn't, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't just a nice drunk, but he would rage. Dad would rage, and he loved us. There's no question that he loved us, but things would be said and things, actions would be taken, come on, that we grew up underneath learning that this must be normal, right? And I'm just saying, I don't know what your upbringing is like and, and whatnot, but just because you've had some bad experiences and some hardships doesn't mean that you have to remain in that place, in that state. Come on, the Lord can change you. I had a conversation just this last week, and, 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 and it was just with a, with a young man, and and, and, and he made the statement, he was talking about some hurts in his life, and this is the statement that he made. He made the statement, I don't know if I'll ever get over it. Well, guess what? You're probably never going to get over it if you think you're never going to get over it. Right? And so a lot of the time we use things like a crutch. Well, man, this just happened, and every time... You know what I mean? Every time we filter everything through it and we just kind of remain that way. And guess what? It's always going to be. It's always going to be an issue. And I'm just saying this, that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And, and greater is he that's in you than he, come on, that, is, that has made impressions on your life. Understand? All right. I will say this. One of the common value systems of that generation, generations to pass, was provision. Like making money was, was, was like, it was, it, was, it, it was like, you know what? I am called a provider. I am called a provider. In fact, I would say it like this, that many times that the structure of values would, would be this. Make money. Socially, family. Money first, socially, and then family. Family third. If I can provide well and, 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 and make money for my, you know, for my family, and if I can have the right connections, 
then there's nothing that my family can't have that they need. You know what I'm saying? And family was down. And I'm just saying this, that there was, this, there was a time in mine and my wife's life where there was a shift. There was something that shifted and changed. And we're like, listen, let's really shoot for, and we didn't even put it on paper, but we started living our lives. Let's put God first and family second. And I'm telling you what, we don't get it right. I, I'm still working on God first and family second. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not teaching you something that, that I've completely got mastered and, and figured out. I'm just saying this, that I believe that if God is first, number one, everything else is going to be provided for. Because if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all things will be taken care of. They'll be set, set in order, right? And then if we make a priority of family, you see, the problem with the value system of having money at the top is a lot of the time we will leverage two of the most important things that we have, and that is our time and our family. We'll leverage those things. And some of us have regrets because we didn't learn that, what we would say, soon enough, or we, you know, we didn't learn it in time, or, or, man, I wish I could go back. How many times has that happened to you? I'm 50, and I'm telling you, there are times where I will learn, the light bulb will come up, doop, and I'll be like, dang, why didn't I learn that when I was 20? Because I can't really change it. This happens to me at least twice a week. At least twice a week. Man, dang, shoot, Right? All right, so today we're talking about families that will last. Can I just tell you this, that, that if you are like, Boop, I can't really do anything about it, my kids are grown and this and that, well, guess what? You got grandkids. Guess what? You might have great grandkids, and they might be needing what it is that old, old grandpa has to offer. Old, 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 old grandpa you know what I mean? You still got value is what I'm saying. All right. All right. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter seven. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Matthew seven twenty four through 27. So out of this, I want to share with you three Truths, three truths. Let's go ahead and put them up there real quick. Number one, Jesus promises serious difficulties. I'm telling you what, that in this world, you are going to have trouble. In fact, that's what Jesus himself said, right? He said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Everybody is going to experience terrible times. Now listen, no names. Don't blurt it out. Don't look across the room. But some of you guys know people that if anything bad is happening in their life, not only are you going to know about it, but everybody in the whole world is going to know about it. In fact, their approach to bad things happening in their life is that I am the only one in the whole world where anything bad happens to. You know that person or those people. And then there are those other people, you know what I'm saying? They're going through just as bad of hardships, maybe even worse, but they kind of keep it to themselves. And, and listen, I'm not going to air my dirty laundry, and we're just going to kind of work through this, you know what I'm saying, as a, as a family. And I'm just telling you this, that Jesus, if he teaches us anything in this, in this parable of, the, of where you build your house, he teaches us this, that trouble is coming. Listen now. You need to build for the worst case scenario. You need to build for the worst case scenario. In fact, if you are building a home right now, like I would not cut corners on the home. You need to build the home as if it's going to be the last home 
that you, that you live in. It's going to be the home that you raise your children in. Like, you don't want to have that home paid off in 20 years from now and then say, man, oh, man, I wish I'd have put a little bit more time and care. You know, I just had any, any Joe Schmo, and, and this guy cut all kinds of corners on this house, right? Come on, if you're going to build, and I'm just saying this, that in your families... You need to build your family because trouble's coming. You need to build your family for the worst case scenario. Come on, so that you're so that you're ready and you're prepared. What do we do? Come on, if the house catches on fire. I remember when my kids were real little, I told my wife we had a two-story house. All of us were upstairs. I was like, we need some rope ladders. What do we need rope ladders for? What if a fire starts downstairs? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to play the whole, you toss them out and I'll catch them game. You know what I mean? Let's get some rope ladders, right? It's kind of thinking ahead just a little bit. We need to be people when we're building families like that who think ahead just a little bit. The second thing that Jesus is prompt, Jesus, 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 he promises security and success to those who obey his word, Right? Come on, it's like the wise man that built his house, come on, on the rock. And when the storms came, it did not destroy the house, but it stood. Come on, this is likened to a man who builds his life, builds his family on the word of God. And then number three, promises failure to families that disobey his word. It's likened to a, 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 the foolish man that builds his house on the sand. The storms and the winds come. And the house fell. And what does it say? Great was the fall. Great was the fall. And so it matters what it is that you build your life on. And I'm just asking you this. Why would anybody build their life on the sand? Why would anybody build their life if you know that the storms of life are coming? Why would anybody build their life on something that is shifty? Something that is not stable? Well, if you think about it, sand is more comfortable right, than rock is, right? It's comfortable, and we love comfort, but I'm telling you, especially in this day, in this age of 2021, with all of the issues that we've got going on, I'm reminding you that God is not calling you to the comfortable life. He's not calling you to the easy life, right? He's calling you to the life that trusts in Him, amen? And sometimes the Lord will take you kind of the long way around to teach you a couple of things whenever, when you're like, I just want to go the easy route. I want to go the easy way. But guess what? Sometimes you don't grow and you're not prepared. I'm thinking of the military right now. Like, could you imagine if, if they just took kids right out of high school and just sometimes they had to, like, speed things up because of the draft and, and things as such, but never gave you any training. Didn't teach you how to hold a rifle, let alone how to shoot it. Didn't teach you, know, how to hike to hills with an 80-pound pack on your back. Didn't teach you, you know what I mean, what grit and grind and sleeping out in the rain and all of those. Didn't teach you about teamwork and camaraderie. Come on. What you got is you got a bunch of, a bunch of selfish people that don't know anything about working together. Come on, to accomplish a mission that God's called them to accomplish. They don't even know the why they're going, let alone the how they're going to do what they've been called to do. You understand what I'm saying today? So it's more comfortable. The second thing is, is the sand is more popular. Right? You go to the beach, you don't see people hanging out on the rocks. You see them in the sand, making sand castles. It's, it's more popular. And the third thing is, the sand is more conformable. Listen to this. Now, you lay down on the beach. You're laying down there for an hour, getting a nice tan, right? When you get up, the sand conforms to your body. You lay on the rocks. You get up. Your body conforms to the rock. You might just be walking a little funny for a period of time. But Jesus says this, I don't conform to you. You need to conform to me. Come on, how many of you know that he's the rock? He is the rock, Christ Jesus. Amen? And so, and so 
Jesus says, conform to me. Let's serve a God that's big enough to worship, not just to manipulate. We got a lot of manipulation. We, we got a lot of Christians making God be who he is not and never will be. Right? So we got to really understand who he is and we conform to him. So how do you build a lasting family? Number one. Surrender your family to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, listen, this big this is a big word right here. Surrender. Nobody even likes that word. Come on. We're we're independent. We're just like I'm a man's man. And 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 surrender is a weak word. But I'm just telling you this, that there is no other way to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on. There's one chief and it's not you. Right. There's one leader of your family and it's not you. Come on, it's Jesus. We gotta, we gotta surrender our lives to Him. And, and some of us, we really struggle with this. Like we love the idea of saying, God, I trust you in all things. God, I trust you in everything. I surrender to you. But we we struggle because we pick back up and look, no, no, we're gonna do this my way. And, and some of us we deal with with pride and we deal with insecurities and we do we do things, you know. Weird things all the time because we have a hard time surrendering. But I'm just telling you this. Come on, to build a great family, you have got to have a family that is surrendered to the Lord. Right? And this is a process, a learned process. God does not bless good decisions. He blesses His decisions. God doesn't bless good ideas. He blesses His ideas. Come on, the steps of a righteous man are suggested by the Lord? No, they're ordered by the Lord. That means God says, boom, go here, and you're just like, I really don't want to, but boom, I'm going there. You understand? And so, so we have got to live lives, come on, that are, that are surrendered lives, come on, to the, to the Lord. We must get the direction of God. Why do we need the direction of God? Because every decision that's needed to be made is not in God's word. Norm, God's not going to tell you to buy that house or to not buy that house in his word. You're not going to, man, I was looking, I was looking, and it's like, I don't see, it's not in Matthew, and everything's in Matthew. Yeah, buy the house, Norm. Right? God's not going to tell you when it's time to move or, or in his word, when it's time to move or whether it's time to stay. I can't even tell you how many times that people have, have made plans outside of the Lord's directive, and then all of a the sudden, they, they, they follow through with that plan only to regret the plan because, man, there wasn't a church where they moved to, right? No fellowship. Come on, they left everything that was, that was, that was good and God was moving and using in their life because they, they had their own plan, and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean, they're... They're trying to scrape things together, right? So, let's go ahead and take a look at Isaiah 53, if you will. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I love this. We all like sheep have gone astray. Do you know how oftentimes that we are viewed in God's word as sheep? And this really isn't the greatest compliment because sheep need a shepherd. We want to be in control, but sheep need a shepherd. You are a sheep. I am a sheep. You know, God can use you and give you great leadership and an incredible voice, but you're really going to be on point when you're being led of God and you're instructing others Come on, in, in the ways of the Lord, right? In the ways of the Lord, using your gift, but he is leading you, come on, to, to be used, you know, by, by him to direct other people. I think it's just incredible, but it's not a compliment. I don't know about you all, but, but I've got three kids and I've got, I've got two grandkids. I've got, I've got two grandkids, Stetson Lane Stevenson, and I've got a granddaughter, Harper June Stevenson. I just like that. 
Somebody asked me, who do you love more, your kids or your grandkids? I'm like, Psh, my grandkids, are you kidding me? No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you love them all, right? You love them all. But man, oh man, them grandkids are hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of crazy. You're like, you know, especially right around the 13, 14, 15, you're like, dang, can't 18 get here fast enough? And then all of a sudden, you got the grandkids, and you're like, I know she's only five days old, but can she stay the night? Right? You're just like, all right, you could stay with her if you have to. But I love it when my kids and my grandkids, I got a grandson that all, you know, at least now he feels, I feel like he thinks that, right, Terry, we, we hung the moon. We're pretty cool. And that's going to shift and it's going to change. But I love it whenever he is like, Grandpa, can you help me? Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> or he'll ask a question that you know the answer to and you're just like, I would love to teach you Grandpa's ways. You know what I'm saying? It's valuable. And I'm just saying that whenever we have that kind of a relationship with God where we're going to him and say, Daddy, can you help me? Can you show me this? I really don't know. I believe that it puts even a, a, a different spin or a smile on his face if we can do such thing. I believe we can. I believe that we share in that same thing. Our kids come to us, makes us happy, makes us feel like we're and, 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 and valued. I think that whenever we go to the Lord, he, he feels valued. And I think he wants to feel valued by us. Psalm chapter 23 and verse 1. Let's go ahead and take a look at this real quick. Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay. Um, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. I love this. This is one of my favorite um, this is talking about a life that is led by the Lord. He says things like, I shall not want. A life that is led by the Lord, he is going to be Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides your every need for you, right? A life that is led by the Lord. One of my favorite portions of that, you'd have to go back, but it says, he restores my soul. This means that all of the soul wounds that you have had, and you've all had them, and I've had them, stuff has happened in your past, He restores my soul. That means that the Lord will restore the wounds that you've got written on your mind, your heart, your will, and your emotions, right? The difficulties, the struggles that you've that you've been through, the things that you didn't sign up for, but you had, to, you had to walk through. Praise the Lord. He says, I will restore your soul. But guess what? If, you're, if your approach is, is well, it's, just, it's probably always going to be there. Then by your very words, come on, by your very approach is like, I've always got this crutch just to lean back on. I've always got this, this thing, this thing that should not have happened that happened. It's always there and it's always going to be allowed. Come on to show up and how I deal with people, how I deal, you know, with my family. Right. Number two is this. The Bible leads us to understand that trust God to meet your needs and to care for you. Come on, we have to trust God. Let's go ahead and take a look at Matthew 6, 20, 24. It says, no one can serve two masters for they will either. Now this is about money. I want you to know this is about money. Now would be a bad time just to get up and walk. Sometimes people, we talk about money in the church and people just get up and leave. Just wait until after I'm done going on to the next point. Nobody will even know why you're getting up. All right. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other, 
or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Listen, mammon is, is, the, is the money God. Mammon tells you, mammon tells you that, listen, if you make enough of me, I'm going to give you security. If you make enough of me, then you're going to have a purpose. If you make enough of me, if you can collect enough money, come on, then you're going to have a real identity and people are going to pay attention to you. But the problem is, is when we serve mammon, the money God, come on, we, it, it promises the, the, all of these things that are, that are just not true. Some of the most have, let me just say it like this. There are people that have far less money than what you have that are a lot happier than you are. And guess what? There's a bunch of people that got a whole lot more money than you have, and you're happier than they are. Right? And so it promises all of these lies, all of these false things, and it's never enough. When's enough enough? Never. Because it, it, it always desires more. Oh, and by the way, you're leveraging the things that matter, like your time and your family and love and all these things. And then all of a sudden, come on, you're shooting after dishonest gain. You're having to lie, cheat, steal, tell half-truths. Still a lie. I'm not going to tell them the whole story. Liar. Pants on fire. Hanging from telephone wire. God is the only one, come on, that can, that can give you what it is that you're looking for. Let's go ahead. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more important than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for, neither, for they neither sow. Let's go back one more. They neither sow nor reap. You get it, all right. Gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more than more value than they are? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit of, to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet they say, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. Matthew chapter 6, 24. So really, this is a long passage of Scripture that says, listen, you're either going to trust what mammon promises you and can't deliver, or you're going to trust God. See, some of you, like me, I start thinking all the time, man, oh man, what am I going to do when I retire? God's already got that figured out. Amen? He's already got that figured out. And guess what? God can make up the difference. When you recognize that, wow, you should have started a little bit earlier. How many of you know that God can make up the difference? Right? He can give you an incredible idea. One that is not even in your mind right now. And then all of a sudden, wow. I was worried about this for all those years. You ever been worried about something and then all of a sudden it comes and it wasn't a worry anymore? How many years have you wasted worrying? Right? All right. All right. Let's close this thing down. I'm just going to share one. It's not on the screen. 1 John chapter 2 and 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Once again, John's saying, hey, listen, you can trust all these things, or you can just trust God. Why do we chase money, right? Why, are we, why do we try to keep up with the, with the Joneses, right? And we trade these things Never being at home with our kids and our wives. We trade these things, never being in the house of the Lord. 
hey, pastor, I might be able to come to church this Sunday. I'm going to be, and, and listen, I understand. I, I understand that all of us have different things going on. We got, we got different responsibilities. But if you're not here, find yourself in the house of the Lord wherever you are. Amen? Right? Get plugged in. Especially if you're going to be someplace, you know what I mean, long term. All right. Never make it to the, it breaks my heart. You know, the reason it breaks my heart is because my stepdad, when I had a football game, a baseball game, track meet, whatever, man, he was there. And my mom was there. But I hear stories all the time of people, yeah, dad just never made it. Dad never, dad never, I just wish. I would always look up. They make incredible movies about the kid looking in the stands. Maybe today's the day, and the day never comes, right? Don't leverage. Come on, the, 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 the God of mammon, the God of money. Money's important. One guy said, hey, listen, I've had it, and I've not had it. Like, there have been times in my life where I've had it, and there have been times in my life where I didn't have it talking about money. He said, I appreciated the times I had it more than the times I didn't have it. So I'm not saying that money is, is evil, but the root of all money is, is, is like the, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? And so don't leverage, come on, money for things that are more valuable than, than money. All right, number three is this. Think about the generational effects of your actions. Proverbs 13, it's not up here, just listen. Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children and, and his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the, for the righteous. I remember whenever my, my wife and I, we got saved. We, we started going to, we, we, got, we got delivered from the bar and saved in, 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 in Jesus and started going to church. And, and right off the bat, man, we, we started tithing. And, and I hear struggles that, that families today have. It's like, you both go to church, one of you believes in tithing, one doesn't. It's always a wrestling match. That never happened. I don't know why it didn't happen. We didn't have to go to 101, 201, 301. It just said, listen, trust God with your finances. I'm like, listen, I've trusted myself with my finances. It didn't work out real well. I'd rather trust in the, in, in, in the Lord with it. I, we started exercising it, and it was better. It was just better. We, we had more than when we didn't, when, when we didn't trust God with, with the tithe. But it didn't mean that every single time that we wrote that check, there wasn't some concern. There was times in my wife and I's life where we didn't have anything, no extra. And we're just like, are we going to do this? Or are we going to tithe? <sighs> Let's tithe. And, but it's at the same time that you're dropping that check into the offering and praying over it. Grabbing your wife's hand, praying over it, saying, God, you really better show up here. And guess what? He always did. He always did. He always did. And so, so I'm just so grateful for that. But the cool thing about it was, is our kids got a chance to witness that. What are you passing on generationally to your kids? Our, we were never really, really wealthy, but our kids remember when they were little. We would hear about a family in the church that didn't have even close to what we had. And we would go to, to the store and we'd buy these sacks and sacks of groceries and we would drag our kids and we would, we would ding-dong ditch them. We would put the groceries on. We would have, I bought my wife, the first new vehicle I bought my wife was a Windstar minivan. She was in her 20s. Come on, I'm a champion. I am a champion. We'd have that Windstar minivan. It was blue. It was, you've seen them. They're the turquoise ones that are still on the road today. It was a good vehicle. She didn't like it, but it was a good vehicle. We would have that bad boy tuned up, running, that big slider door open so we could just throw the kids in. Man, it was, it was at the corner, and we would drop that, and we would be like, are you guys ready? Are you guys ready? Dad, what are we doing? Jacob was so small, I had to just like, I was dragging him, feet just in the snow. You know what I mean? Just dragging. And we're just booking back, throw the kids. They remember that. They remember generosity. And now to this day, Tyler, the one that is most like me, has got the most generous heart. If he sees somebody 
And it's not because he's most like me. I was the most selfish person before the Lord. It's because he's like the Lord. And we, we're giving something, come on, generationally good to our kids. Why? Because they saw that. They were a part of it. They experienced it. Tyler loves to give away my money to people that he loves. I was like, and, 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 and it challenges me because I'm like, give your own money. All right, we'll do it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to, I don't want to, it's easier to give somebody else's money away. But I love that about him. And my question, will you give your kids a God advantage? Number four, and this is the last one. Keep your family in a Bible-believing preaching church. Like Grace is a good church, but it's not the only church, Right? bunch of good churches in our community we are blessed with and I'm just saying listen if if Grace Church isn't for you that's okay but go find some place that is for you some place that's going to you know what I mean speak to you and challenge you up amen and in a place where you can get plugged in and utilize the gifts and talents that God has given you to utilize just make sure it's a Bible believing and a Bible preaching church make sure they're not teaching some strange doctrine, right? There's also a lot of crazy things out there, you know what I mean, where it's like they'll take something and take it just maybe a little bit a little bit too far. But I believe this, that God will direct your steps. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 says it like this. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. What's the day approaching? The day is Christ's return. Can I just tell you? He's coming back. And the more that you see, and all you get, like if you don't see that he's coming back, lift up your head and pay attention. The day that we are in, we can see that his approach is coming near. And so what's the challenge? As you see the day approaching, assemble together. Get together. We got life groups, my goodness. Well, you couldn't even plan a better day to talk about this point. Get plugged in with some folks that you don't know. Learn some things. Right? Share your life with some people. The closer we see his coming approaching is the more that we are challenged to get together. Make church a priority, right? And I know, listen, and we celebrate this. Go camping and go hunting and go fishing. You need to do that. That's what makes Idaho great, right? But man, oh man, don't be the one that's like, man, got to bed a little bit late. It was, I usually go at 8, and I didn't get to bed till 9.15. I'm not going to go to church tomorrow. Come on, make church. Make this family a priority. We're building great families. The way that we're going to build a great church family is whenever you've got involvement, when you've got people. Now listen, I'm closing, I'm closing with this. I want to share just a couple of things because I, I don't want to leave a bad taste in your mouth. I talked about, I was vulnerable, talking about my own family. You know how hard that was for me? Felt like I was doing something wrong, but I wasn't. Because my folks are just folks. They're just people, broken people. I'm just a person, a broken person, getting better. You're just a person. You're going to get it wrong. You've gotten it wrong. Can't go back and change it. You can change today going forward. But my dad, my second dad, I used to think, I used to think, God, I know that I know that I know that you can reach anybody but Mike Turner was a hard, hard man. He was a, he was a roadmaster on the railroad. He was, a, he was a boss's boss. And what he said goes. And that's how, he, that's how he used his family, raised his family. If I said it, it's going. I could not see Mike Turner bending a knee to Jesus Christ. Of all people on the planet, I could not see it. You know, about the last 10, 11 years of his life, he called me and he said, Travis, you're not going to believe this. I gave my heart to Jesus and I got baptized. Come on, isn't that incredible? Gave the Lord the last, 
the best of his life and served the church, whatever church it was. He, would, he, was, a, he was, I guess, a professional uh, chair liner-upper. You know, he would go early and just make sure that the chairs were all lined up. And You know, you could come here early and do that the same here if you're looking for a place to serve. Making the house of the Lord more excellent. And then my grandpa, I only knew him as a, as a Christian man, but let me tell you something that let me tell you something that just blows my mind even to this day. So last October, October 2020, I've been I've been serving some veterans that are that are that are on hospice. And there was a there was a a, a new person that was on hospice is a, a World War II veteran. And uh, and I go and I introduce myself to him and I could tell by the way that his wife's hair was done up, that these were church-going folks. And the way that this wife's hair is done up was, was, was just like I was raised. I was like, so I knew. And I brought the Lord into it, and, and I kind of guided and directed the conversation. And, and sure enough, this, this family, this, this couple, went to the same church that, that I was raised in, in Twin Falls. And I was like, oh, man, how cool, how cool is this? And so I know all of these people, maybe not personally, you know, uh, but hearing my mom talk and, and, and my family talk about certain people, I was like, hey, do you know so-and-so? Oh, shoot, yeah, I know so-and-so. Well, what about so-and-so? Oh, dang, yeah, I know so-and-so. And we just, we just clicked, man, we just clicked. It was just good. And I was like, well, you know, my grandfather, you might know who he is. His name is John Williams. And, and their face just like their chin dropped. And, and John Williams? I was like, yeah, that's my, that's my grand. I said, do you know him? Let me tell you. The guy that was, that was on the hospice that was dying, he came to know Jesus Christ out of a bar Because of my grandfather. And not only when my grandfather got it all, all worked out, he brought this man into their home, him and my grandmother's home, to live in the basement. And not only while, he was, while this man that was dying was getting his life put back together, living in the basement, my grandfather was managing a store in Twin Falls, gave this man a job. Not only did he move him into the house and share the gospel with him to where he was, he was saved and get him a job, my grandfather invited him to the church that they still go to, that he's gone to be with the Lord, but the church that they belong to today. Oh, and by the way, it was at the church that, he, that they belong to today that he met his wife. My grandfather preaching the gospel in a bar, gave his heart to Jesus, and now he's used to bring other people out of the same, the same place. I'm telling you, your life matters. And even if you're not totally on point, your life matters, and God can use it. Amen? I'm so grateful this morning. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for this family. And I just wonder today, just real quick, if there's anybody you're here and you're just like, you know what, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I've been struggling. I believed and whatnot, but he's just not been priority, number one, and he needs to be. And I want to make that decision here today. If that's you, would you just go ahead and raise your hand this morning with me? I want to pray with you. Anybody? Everybody's good? Right here. God bless you so much. Anybody else? Just real quick, guys. Raise your hand. You want to make a decision for Christ. Thank you so much, sir. Anybody else? We're just going to say a prayer. And I'm telling you, it's a prayer like this that my grandfather prayed. It's a prayer like this that my dad prayed. It's a prayer like this that I prayed that started everything. So this is very, very important. If everybody would please stand, let's go ahead and pray and, uh, and, and invite the Lord 
into this temple. He doesn't live in this building. He lives in the hearts of people. Amen. So, Lord, right now, I want you to pray and make this your own. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for dying on that cross and removing my sins, that as I ask for forgiveness, that, God, you are faithful to do just that, to forgive me of my sins, never to bring them up against me again. God, I believe that that you are the Son of God, that you, Jesus, were perfect in all ways. You've never sinned, that you went to the cross willfully. No man took your life, but you went there willfully. And you gave your life so that anybody, just like those two or three people this morning, are making the decision to receive you so that anybody that would receive you and believe in you would not perish but have everlasting life. The cool thing, Lord, that I just, I love this picture in my mind, is that that man, I don't have the the right to say who it is, but the man that was led to the Lord by my, my grandfather Maybe they're up there right now enjoying some sweet tea or something. I don't know. But, but how cool is that? One life affecting the life of another. So, God, I pray for these here today that are, that are just saying, God, I'm tired of being in control, and I surrender control to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Save me, Lord. I'm happy to be called a sheep as you are my shepherd. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody in the house said... Amen. 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 We need one another, especially as we see the day of the Lord approaching. God bless you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.